Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. We're on Season 3, Episode 6. I'm not that guy. And with me, as always, is my podcasting partner and the star of the movie, Jennifer Runkle, Sex Quality Assurance Manager, (laughs) Jennifer Runkle. Hello. That would be a very boring sex movie. Well, no, maybe there could be something there. (laughs) Evaluating performance. There's something there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do audit people, so, I mean, they could (laughs) sex their way out of being in trouble for committing fraud on the job. Well, no, now we're going too far. I was thinking more along the lines of, like, giving a rating to their performance. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think we really got something here. (laughs) Uncle Recaps will soon spin off. Let me start scouting some locations. (laughs) Please don't use the couch. (laughs) All right, well... Tonight, we got, we're getting to recap another great episode of How I Met Your Mother. What'd you think? Oh, yeah, it was a great episode. I was just thinking, I don't know how many people listen with children around, but obviously this one has, you know, a lot of sex and porn themes, so this might not be one to listen to with smaller children around. Yeah, or, you know, this is a good time to introduce some of these themes to them and talk <laughs> them through it. Yes, or if you want to do that. We won't judge. You make the best call for you. Well, that aside, we start off this episode with the, the fellows being at the apartment. Ted is working from home to avoid distractions, but then both Marshall and Barney come bursting into his living room, and they both have news. And they're both you know, chattering over each other, trying to get to tell their news first. Barney's is obviously, I just, find, I just found a porno starring Ted Mosby. Yeah, Marshall's he's, trying he's to get able his, to spit it out first. Yeah, Marshall's trying to get his story out, his news out, but Ted's really distracted by this news of, of porno Ted Mosby. Yes, it's welcome to the sex plane, and the navigator is played by Ted Mosby. Marshall says, okay, you know, cute coincidence, Barney, whatever. I just got a, He's trying to... Marshall's trying to tell us that he got the job offer from the NRC. NRDC. NRDC, thank you. Which he's, like, really wanted for a long time. Didn't he talk about it, like, season one or two? Whenever he had that internship, it's always been a goal of his to work at the NRDC. Yeah, we went through this when Marshall needed a new suit, and then Barney ended up getting him the interview at his firm. Mm-hmm. Or at his company. So, yeah, this we, this is a revisited theme here. And this makes sense to Ted because, you know, the, the porno thing, because he was just at the doctor and the doctor said, open wide. I guess you're more used to saying that than hearing it, huh, Ted Mosby? Yeah, that's a weird... I, I, I don't know what Ted would have thought at the time. Like, what, what could the doctor have possibly meant? Now it makes more sense, but... Right. We kind of cut off that flashback there, so we don't see any follow-up from Ted. Do you think it's weird that his doctor's watching porn? I mean, I don't know that it's any weirder than anybody else watching porn. I think it's weird that his doctor brought it up to him. (laughs) But if his doctor is watching it, he'll know it wasn't Ted. Oh, that's a good point. So maybe he just (laughs) Just browses porn titles in IMDb and... Maybe he just thinks it's funny that his patient has the same name... Yeah, this one you know doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. <laughs> Barney wants to put in the DVD. 
he makes reference to doppelganger, Ted's doppelganger, or should he say doppelbanger. I didn't care for that line. That was one of the few in this that I didn't like. It's a very Barney line, though. Yeah, true. So then Marshall just yells it out. He got to jump the NRDC. Uh, Ted's excited. And then... They start hugging. <laughs> right. Congra- you know, Ted's congratulating him. They're hugging, and then they realize that there's porn on, and that makes them feel weird. The NRDC is, of course, the Natural Resources Defense Council. This is a real organization. I've mentioned on this podcast that in my last job, we were in the same building as them in D.C. But probably they have New York offices, too, which is where Marshall would work. Right. Yeah, I, I would imagine the D.C. office was their lobbying office, and right. the New York office is probably you know their main office. All right, so they're watching the, the DVD, and Ted and Marshall realize they're hugging as it's starting and feeling a little weird about that. Barney says that someone has entered the cockpit. It could be. I'm glad there was no mention of cockpit as a <laughs> right. funny thing. <laughs> uh, it might have been crossing a line on network TV. They think it could be, or Barney thinks it could be Navigator Ted Mosby. Ted points out, no, Navigators have three stripes on their hats. Captains have four. That guy's a captain. <laughs> Why does Ted know this? Yeah, that's... <laughs> Sometimes we get these little flashes that Ted knows a lot of stuff. And so this would just be kind of one of those things he might just know. a random thing he knows. And, like, Barney, yeah, and I'm sure complete accuracy in all those details was very important to the director's Dirt and Skank, the Ranch Brothers. I like the names, at least in TV, that directors and producers of porns, pornos come up with. <laughs> it seems to always have this sort of same feel to it. Well, it's, yeah, Barney says this, but later Ted will point out that there is a person with three stripes and is the navigator, so apparently the Ranch brothers do go for accuracy. <laughs> they do. And Lillian Robin enter. And, you know, what would you... Have you ever walked in on guys watching porn before? No, but I dated a guy in high school whose older brother was obsessed with porn. And anytime we'd try to watch a DVD, like, there would always just be porn in the DVD player. I remember (laughs) me and my buddies got... I don't know if... I I feel like it wasn't a porn movie. It might have just been like a... a a B B movie, where there where there's a lot of sex going on, but it's not like explicit sex. It's sort mm-hmm. of like softcore porn, and we were watching it in his basement. This was in high school, and his cousin, who was I guess visiting from out of town, came down. It was a guy came downstairs to us sitting there watching this, and we all felt very awkward. He just kind of turned around and laughed. <laughs> That's why I didn't write this story down, but it just occurred to me just now. <laughs> Well, Robin and, yeah, so Robin and Lily come in and Marshall announces that he has exciting news. And I like Lily's line here that she hopes it's not that he just won some sort of race. Yeah, that that gets me every time. (laughs) He tells her about the job. And again, Barney cuts in with his exciting news about finding a porno store. Yeah, there's some really good back and forth of every time in these next few lines that they're expressing excitement, Barney feigns as though they're talking about his news. Right. Congratulations, honey. Congratulations to all of us for having this porn. Let's go celebrate the fact that I found a porno starring guy named Ted Mosby. Let's. Let's. (laughs) And then Robin, is that him? Because that Ted Mosby really knows what he's doing. Ted obviously takes offense. I mean, that Ted Mosby. And Robin can't 
weave her way out of this yeah, one. Robin tries to backtrack. Yeah, like all Ted Mosby's. Lily suggests that, you know, you're still going to go to your job interview today, right, baby? A lot of babies again this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's with Nicholas, Hewitt, and West. Nicholson. Which, Nicholson, thanks. Hewitt and West. And apparently they represent a lot of evil in the world. Well, did you read the fun fact about Nicholson, Hewitt, and West? No. Apparently they were three dorms at Wellesley. Oh, okay. Good pull, Jen. Appar- Which I'm sure we've talked about, but that's where you know, the creators right. went, and then also where you know, Lily, Marshall, and Ted all went fictionally. Exactly. And, and they lived in Hewitt Hall. That's right. Okay. I love it when we tie this stuff together. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I just Googled facts about this episode. I didn't <laughs> do a deep dive or anything. I'll edit that part out for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and apparently Marshall's dad is went to high school with one of the partners of this firm. Right. So that's weird. I don't know why his dad would have went through the trouble of setting this up. If and she he, said he went through a lot of trouble to set this up. Right, because it's not like Marshall would have asked for this. Marshall had his goals set on environmental law. Yeah, so. but you don't usually just interview at one company. Right, but you would think, okay, he doesn't get it at the NRDC. You would find some other type of environmental law. Or, you know, why is he leaving the internship he has now? You know, I get it. Oh, is he still at that? I kind of assumed that was over. I don't think so. We don't get any sense that he's not still with Barney's company, although Barney doesn't mention it this episode. Right. So presumably he'd be doing the internship right now, but trying to get a real job at NRDC, although he hasn't passed the bar yet. Right. And do we even know that he's officially done with law school yet? No. So Yeah, I, I was wondering if I was missing something. I was like, obviously not, because we've been watching these you know, week to week, so we didn't miss him graduating or passing the bar or anything, so I guess it's just early they assume that he'll pass the bar or it's you know conditional on passing the bar or maybe he's not supposed to start until he does right i think he could start working for them and then study for the bar if movies and tv have led me in the right direction okay if you've seen the movie the firm or read the book the character mitch starts his job with that memphis firm and they're helping him study for the bar oh okay interesting Marshall doesn't want to go to that interview. He said those people are evil, but Lily's you know nudging him to do it because her dad, his dad, went through all this trouble. You can't and just you pull can't. out at the last second. <laughs> but Robin says apparently you can, <laughs> as she watches a scene in the porno movie. And then somebody with three stripes enters the cockpit, presumably, <laughs> and there it is, Ted Mosby, porn star. And they all seem impressed with whatever he's doing on the screen because a bunch of them go, "Whoa!" <laughs> right. And then I'm not a fan of Robin's line. I know what kind of plane this is. It's a Boeing. Yeah, I don't care for that either. I'm I'm just glad they didn't go through a whole bunch of a (laughs) montage of them all contributing to that joke like they they often do. Mm -hmm. And Barney's very dismissive then of um, Marshall's quote-unquote internship. Yeah. There's a little bit of back and forth as to whether Ted looks like this guy. Uh, They cut it out of the TV version. Yeah, that's you know I laughed at the time, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, "That's very creepy." Because they make him make a sex face, I guess, mm-hmm. and then it creeped me out after I saw it. So <laughs> I think that was a good cut. Yeah, well, Nana's assessments aside over here. Um, 
I just think I, 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 I've never seen that scene before because I've always watched the TV version. But yeah, when I saw it, I was like, eh, didn't do anything for me. I don't need to see other people's sex faces. <laughs> I mean, if it's <laughs> if there's an actual sex scene going on, that's one thing. But just a pretend sex face I could do without. <laughs> We're now at McLaren's Wendy's bringing Ted some water in case he's dehydrated. Ted Mosby. That's a weird... I mean, you get dehydrated because you have too much sex. Is that the, the joke there? Well, clearly... You don't put in that much effort, based on your question here, but <laughs> I think it might be a thing. Okay. <laughs> wow, nice dig. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, and Ted, <laughs> you know, points out that now they all know that she watches porn. Mm-hmm. Which Her- Wendy doesn't seem <laughs> too concerned about it. Barney points out that this guy has been in business three months and he's made 125 movies. The far superior Ted Mosby? Yeah. Robin thinks, wow, that's 42 movies a month. Who is he? Jude Law? And then tries to show <laughs> the work behind her. On it. Yeah, and it's not <laughs> and going it goes anywhere. Nowhere, yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember there being a lot of references to Jude Law around this time of how many movies he would put out in a year. Or maybe two years ago, not so much. <laughs> According to Robin. <laughs> <laughs> right. I do enjoy when they throw these in, like Robin trying to be funny and it just doesn't work, and she, like, just stumbles over herself trying to make it. Funny. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I meant to mention that that this is very reminiscent of a lot of different versions mm-hmm. of her telling a joke like this that it just doesn't land. Right. There was one just the other day where she was like, "More is less," and "More is lessner." Yeah, <laughs> and then she's like, "You know how more is less?" And Ted goes, "Honey, this is one of those times." Right. And then there's uh she says someone's turning their grave. Somebody that's not actually from dead. From Led Zeppelin. <laughs> He's not dead, is he? <laughs> He's not in that band. He's not even dead, is he? <laughs> <laughs> These are good moments. Barney says that Ted Mosby did an interview in Adult Video Weekly. And then <laughs> Ted's confused, and then he says, Then we get a classic Ted, uh, oh no. <laughs> and it shows him with Leonard from AVW. It's a flashback. And, and I I didn't look it up. It was, and I don't think you remembered either, but is, could Architecture of Vision Weekly be the same one that him and Druthers was on the cover of? I hope so. I would like that to be tied together. I don't think it is for some reason. <laughs> it would be very funny if it was. And it would be tough for them to but, you know, it didn't come up in any of the, the trivia, two so... Maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, so so the guy introduces himself as, you know, from AVW and... Yeah, Ted, Ted whispers to Marshall and Lily, it's, AVW, it's Architecture Revision Weekly, and claims that he's been reading the guy's magazine since he was a little kid. And the guy goes, wow, that's a bummer. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> so the guy's calling to interview him about his latest project, and so obviously Ted assumes it's his architecture project and starts talking about, you know... He's working with three partners. It's just so convenient how the... <laughs> it all lends itself. The conversation <laughs> yeah. back and forth just, yeah, continues to contribute to the idea that he is a porn actor. Right. They're going to ride him pretty hard, but they're great guys. And just the whole setup of this guy at the magazine, like, he just has, like, the grossest looking office. hmm Apparently this isn't, like, a high-end magazine. <laughs> I like how Ted goes, that interview went on for 20 more minutes. <laughs> He spent so many nights bent over a table. 
So Marshall's getting ready to go to his interview. It's with a Jefferson Coatsworth, which obviously gives you visions of a gray-haired white gentleman who comes from money and mm-hmm. is perfect at representing evil. Uh, Marshall's going to go give this old bastard a piece of his mind. But, it, but Jeff Coatsworth isn't what he expected. So he meets him, and it is... John Cho. Actor John Cho. We know him best from American Pie, Harold and Kumar, Star Trek. <laughs> he was in American Pie. <laughs> the crack, Canadian crack dealer in 30 Rock. Oh, my God, that's right. Wait, she's really pregnant? Because those, <laughs> those labor paints sound very cartoony. <laughs> or very sitcom Right. So yeah, it's it's a guy dressed very casually, and he's a friendly guy, and he's obviously young. Yeah, he he, he offers to beer, Marshall. Can I beer you? So this throws Marshall off because the guy seemed nice, but then we get a flash forward to three years later, and he's being arrested for something we aren't entirely sure what. <laughs> I'm like, go to hell! I do it again, and then he looks at the at the camera. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's unclear it's what happened. It's a great happened. scene. <laughs> but he clearly was not a good guy. Yeah, and I feel like we'll get there, but by the end of it, we're, we're still not sure what happens here. Like, does he stay with them? Is he defending Tuckahoe this whole time? Or I don't think so. In the trivia that I read, it said that he quits this job in the chain of screaming. So apparently he... Does. Oh, so he was there for Artillery Arthur. Yeah, apparently that's yeah where that was. Okay. Which I don't, I don't know that we've got any impression of that. We'll have to pay attention to it moving forward. Yeah, let's. So he, the the interview kind of starts, but then Jeff yeah. kind of he's shuts Im- it down. And he's immediately disarming and saying, "I know you don't want this job. You got an offer from NRDC. That's awesome. <laughs> like, his, I wish I could have gone. I should have gone the nonprofit route. Mm. I didn't, and it eats me up every day. I hate myself." And he's looking in the mirror at himself and sort of uh, <laughs> as though he's so charmed, sexually charmed by himself in the mirror. Oh, was that the impression you got? What'd you get? I got like he was putting on a performance of hating himself and just kind of glaring at himself in the mirror. I feel like he was looking at himself admiringly. Like mm-hmm. it was sort of like a, a dichotomy of what he's saying and how he's looking. Interesting. But I, I think there's different ways you could interpret it. It wasn't, he didn't, he didn't move, to, move too heavily into one camp or the other. Well, I went the nonprofit route, and I don't hate myself, so. I went Serve the money route. that as a route. lesson to you all. I went the money route, and I don't hate myself. <laughs> okay, Barney, we end the flashback. Barney's like, oh, he is good. Classic seduction technique. Yeah, Barney picks up on this immediately, what this guy's doing to Marshall. And then lays out a number of steps of how he would do the same thing to a woman that this guy's doing to him. And then we sort of get this for the rest of the episode of right, this guy's... Like corollary. Yeah, is, is really um, gaslighting him. Yeah, putting the moves on. And I guess I'm kind of confused. Like, what is it about Marshall that makes them want him so much? I was thinking that exact same thing. I think... I mean, he goes to Columbia, so he's obviously smart enough, but he was really struggling with that one class. I don't know how much of that was Barney's fault. <laughs> But he started complaining because the teacher was really a hard grader anyway. Yeah, I don't think it matters how strong your grades are 
if you're gonna, you know, if you get a C in one class versus A's and B's in the other ones, because we we do get the impression that he gets good grades here, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know why he is a top candidate for them. I mean, I guess you know he's going to a local area Ivy League law school. Mm-hmm. They don't have to pay to have him move to New York City for them. Mm. But he obviously, you know, he's the he's. He doesn't want to be there. <laughs> he doesn't want to be there. He he wants to go the nonprofit route. He's not. He's probably not going to be their most dedicated employee. Right. He's going. He's not going to have a passion for what they do. So yeah, it's kind of weird, but makes for a funny episode. So it's fine. Marshall said he's not trying to seduce me. He didn't even offer me the job. Barney said that's going to come later. He did. Asked to take you to dinner, didn't he? Which is correct. Jeff, back to the flashback, says, I know you don't want the job, you're not gonna take it, but you know, let's let's let me just take you to dinner and we'll charge it to one of my evil clients. Is that a thing? Are you allowed to do that? <laughs> no, I mean legally they wouldn't be able to charge. I guess if they're maybe if they're trying to recruit him for the Tuckahoe account that maybe they could build the Tuckahoe account saying, hey, mm. you know, this, we spent this time trying to... But I I don't know if that would be a legitimate charge. Maybe but that's I, what he gets that's, <laughs> Yeah, that's the only thing I could think of that they could justify charging the client for it. Although, I don't think Tuckahoe would be very happy that they were getting Kobe... Kobe lobster. Kobe lobster. <laughs> so, yeah, as, part, as he further seduces him into coming to dinner, he brings up, you know, Kobe beef... Kobe beef. And that this place serves lobster fed with Kobe beef. Kobe lobster. Well, the whole time he's talking about this, he's like kind of behind Marshall, like almost talking in his ear a little bit. It's really weird. It's working. <laughs> and then Marshall realizes that he is trying to seduce him. And do you think there's been a time in the past 10 years that you and I have been to a restaurant where there's lobster and we don't say Kobe lobster? Never. <laughs> Is there a place, have we ever seen something that says Kobe beef and we don't bring it up? <laughs> no, that's correct. Sometimes even regular beef. We really, we've, we've really <laughs> latched on to this <laughs> fictional kind of lobster. <laughs> I don't even like lobster. Have you tried it? Yes. Did you dip it in a ton of butter sauce? No, I think I, maybe you got like lobster mac and cheese once and I tried some of it. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really just an excuse to dip meat in butter. I don't think lobster on its own is a very tasty meat, but hmm. it goes well with butter, I guess. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I know why it's so expensive. It's it's not easy to get. It's not easy for them to get. Yeah, I mean, I assumed I wasn't going to like it, but I went in with an open mind, thinking that like, oh, lots of people like it. Maybe yeah, maybe this will be the one seafood thing that I like, and I did not. Yeah, I think that would probably be the closest you would come. To liking seafood because it, you don't like the that it tastes or smells fishy, right? And I'd say lobster probably does that the least. Yeah, still <laughs> more than I liked. But it, the texture is really good. It's really soft. Hmm. More lobster for the rest of you. Marshall says he he's try, he is trying to seduce me. Robin wants to know if, she's, if he's going to go to dinner with her. He says no, no way. He's not that kind of lawyer. He already promised himself at the NRDC, and then Lily nudges him again. You should go. I mean, you're not going to take the job, but might as well get a great meal out of the deal. I like Barney's line, don't wait up. 
And then randomly, Robin starts bringing up fun facts about porn star Ted Mosby, which I'm not really sure why she's looking this up at the bar. I guess she was curious. He's from the same hometown as Ted. Yep, and then... He's going to be signing autographs tomorrow night in Manhattan at something called the Adult Video Expo. And this is the first Lily's hearing that there are conventions for porn. It's the first time. Well, yeah, it's probably the first time I'd ever heard of anything like this, too. Yeah. We we get the sense that this is not Barney's first knowledge of this. Mm-hmm. But we flash to Marshall having his dinner with Jeff Coates, and you can really taste the beef in the lobster. Mm-hmm. So Jeff has to give him the spiel. They have, you know, he has to give him the information about the salary and the benefits and whatever. And Marshall's prepared. You know, it's going to be a big number. It's going to be impressive. And then he's still blown away by whatever number is offered. And then, yeah, he gets a company car, an expense account. And then (laughs) apparently Patrick Swayze has bought them the wine. Crazy Swayze. Right. So he's a client, which I guess means they don't have all evil clients. I remember I was at a video store when I was like, I want to say 17 or 16. And you met Patrick Swayze? No. <laughs> but we were hold, me and my, my friend Brian, we were holding a video of thinking about seeing the movie Point Break with Patrick Swayze in it. Uh huh. And we see a guy that we know from school and he comes up and he's like, Are you going to get that? I was like, I don't know. He goes, Man, that movie is 100% Swayze. And we all just started laughing. I mean, he was saying it jokingly, but just the way he said it. Now, how good would it have been if Patrick Swayze actually had a cameo in this episode? And that would have been Just awesome. to wave to him. Although this doesn't make him look good, because... <laughs> if he's being represented by this firm. Yeah, that, that are evil. That's true. But he's but one of their clients. Jeff says, you know, he knows that Marshall's going to do the noble thing and take the low-paying job in NRDC and live off his family money. And so then he goes into this whole spiel. Well, I think we've already used that word once, but he goes into this whole scenario of, oh, wait, you don't have money? You right. don't want kids then? Oh, yeah, well. clearly just playing into Marshall's, I don't know if it's insecurities or just showing him how. Are we going back to the package thing, sort of? Right, yeah, how, how ridiculous this sounds and to you, somebody like Jeff Coatsworth. And you and I have always liked the line, well, New York public schools make a lot of parents nervous, but kids who walk out, walk out proud. (laughs) The look on his face as he says it. (laughs) And that's hard because, you know, as somebody that, you know, wants a family, you want what's best for your kids. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure how much a nonprofit lawyer job makes, but, you know, obviously living in Manhattan is expensive, but somehow they're surviving on Lily's salary and... Somehow, I guess Lillian Ted's salaries, I don't know. I, I know Marshall now has his internship, but it's hard to really understand how they live where they live now. So I guess they would have more money after Marshall well, takes any job. We don't know exactly where they are in Manhattan, although we've got an address before, but you and I don't know right. the geography there that well. Looking at the size of their apartment, a two-bedroom, I would say in 2007, they could be paying maybe four grand a oh, month. Lord. For rent there. And so if 
we know that Marshall's living off of a lot, or he had been living off of a lot of student loan money. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of how he was affording his end of it. And then with a job. Right. So, yeah, I mean, then if you try to factor in four kids and, you know, and, and this comes up later, but I don't know if, you know, they really thought like they were going to stay in the city with four kids. I don't know. We don't have a lot of friends that live in New York City. So. Well, up until recently, Marshall thought they'd be moving to Minnesota mm. at some point. Yeah, that's true. Although we don't know if he ever thought that or if he was just being defensive in that one episode. Right. Anyways, we'll move on. Right. We're back at the apartment, and Lily seems to be showing Robin all these new dresses that she got. And this is sort of set up as another reason on Marshall's pros and cons list that should be considered, but he doesn't know about. Right. Because, yeah, Ted points out that he always likes to do a pros and cons list. And, yeah, here's a big old pro for taking this job. But, yeah, he's not aware of it. And this, they, they treat this very much as, you know, someone who has a drug problem or is an alcoholic and is just now getting discovered for it. And it's what they've always feared, that someone's going to bring it up. And so Robin's interrogating her a little bit on, you know, how do you afford these clothes on your your salary? Lily throws a bunch of excuses out there like... Um, she shops the sales, which is legitimate. She probably could have ran with that for a little bit, but then she immediately jumps to, they were just in the closet when we moved in. I steal. I'm a criminal. I <laughs> one-shot a man just to watch him die. Yeah, I don't like that last part. That's very sitcom. I've heard that mentioned in a lot of different sitcoms ever since. You know, just as stealing it from the the Johnny Cash mm-hmm. song. I thought it was funny. So obviously, Robin calls her out, and Lily <laughs> dumps out a shoebox full of credit cards. This doesn't seem very realistic to me. You know, they stop giving you credit cards when your balance of how much you owe starts to look so upside down versus what you make. So I, I have trouble imagining that she has 20 credit cards that are active. It, I could see a, a world when she has a whole bunch of different store cards. They aren't quite as discerning. That could be. That's a good point. Actually, this is sort of what I found out about you after we started to get serious. I don't have a shoebox full. <laughs> I like Lily's. She goes, Lily, how'd you, how, how'd you let this happen? I don't know. How much do you owe? I don't know. <laughs> and she probably doesn't know. No, I could, I could see that. It's easier for her to just shove it all away. And, and it's, yeah, it's unclear. Like, is she paying the minimum payment on these things? Is she just completely ignoring it? We kind of had this with Joey on Friends. <laughs> when he got that apartment and ordered all this stuff for his apartment. And, right. and he looks at it and he's like, how am I going to afford that? And that's just the minimum payment. Right. <laughs> Page one of two. Oh no! <laughs> I got I had a really horrible credit card debt issue in my late twenties, early thirties, and I I did one of those consolidations, mm-hmm. not like the nonprofit ones that you send them the payment and they do it for you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they, I don't know if they do a lot of that anymore, but they they had a lot of debt consolidators that would sort of they didn't they were supposed to be a nonprofit, and I think they probably were, but it did help because. The sell from them was that they could negotiate better rates with the credit card companies. Now, I don't think they were able to do that very well. Um, but, you know, if I'm, I was at the time probably paying like five or six different credit card type bills. Mm. And I worked it out so that I would just pay them one bill for like $1,000 a month. You were judging me. I never had that many. Yeah, but I cleared it. Yeah, I, no, true, but I cleared it. <laughs> 
I cleared it out by going through that program. Mm-hmm. It took me a couple of years and it was pretty exciting when it was done. Yeah, but I mean, the, the solution was I ended up making more money. Right. There wasn't like... Yeah. That is the magical solution. <laughs> you can pay your bills better when you have more money. Right. <laughs> Breaking news. Okay. We go to the porn convention. <laughs> right away, Ted sees someone there from work. That's super awkward. I can't even imagine. When I, when I was like around 22 or 23, I was at my first job, and some of the older guys that had been there a little while before me, they were already buddies and would do stuff together outside of work, and they invited me to go to their annual golf trip down in North Carolina. And I probably couldn't even really afford this at the time, but I went. Put on your credit card? <laughs> probably. <laughs> and we were sleeping like four people to a hotel room, so it wasn't, um, you know, we weren't living, we weren't doing it in the lap of luxury. But we, during the course of the evenings there, we would go to some of the strip clubs down there. And... Well, when I was at one of the strip clubs, I recognized a guy that was a wrestling coach in the county where I was now an assistant wrestling coach as I had this job. I had this other job, but in my spare time, I would go and help coach my old high school. Mm-hmm. And so I saw one of the other coaches there. He didn't see me, and I was like, should I go up and say hi to him? No. Or is that awkward? <laughs> um, no, that's I, I did not say hi to him, but the guy that I was coaching with used to be his assistant coach. He had left the school they were at together to come to the school that I was helping him coach at. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, I think I saw so-and-so at a strip club down in North Carolina. He's like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> he, he's like, this guy goes and does golf excursions all the time. So he probably was down there playing golf with friends. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was at a strip club. Hmm. So you got away a little easier than Ted does. Mm-hmm. He has to wave. <laughs> It, it does add something to it that the person's from his HR department. <laughs> hey, everybody's got their own personal life outside of work. Barney's not very happy with Ted's scoffing at the porn industry and mm-hmm. kind of relates it to how we regard Shakespeare, how Shakespeare was regarded then and now. Um, talking about, you know, virtues of love, lust, forbidden desire, all, you know, all... all Characterizations of, of these stories. In fact, in, like I said, in 400 years from now, I'm sure a plucky spirited a high school, there will be a high school doing a plucky spirited production of Beef Party 7. Now, I could almost buy into his argument here, but he has to pick a better <laughs> example. Than Shakespeare? No, than Beef Party 7. <laughs> I don't know, Jen. I'm sure there are more classic horns that could be substituted in. I mean, are we really going to go with a seventh, what would you call this, a seventh sequel? <laughs> I guess it would be a sixth sequel. So, I think <laughs> I think he could have a better example. Well, he doesn't. And we jump back to the apartment. Yeah, there's a lot of weird jumping between things that really have nothing to do with each other. Like, I could see a jump between, like, Marshall and the interview... And Lily and Robin, but jumping between the, the porn convention and Lily and Robin is kind of confusing. Well, this is certainly a characteristic of this show. Yeah. They're at the apartment. Lily's explaining that she shops when she feels down, and they go through a little montage of her telling a saleswoman that she had a fight with her mom, that, 
you know, she's not doing, you know, working on her art, which is what she became a teacher to support herself to do. And then, (laughs) go ahead. She's got a really big credit card bill. Yeah, that's a good, that's, that's a good like closer to those three. And I noticed it, this is all the same store and it's all shoes. So we didn't really branch out in this flashback. Marshall doesn't know about any of this, which surprises Robin. Cause she says, you guys are the couple that tell each other everything. You text him when he's on the can. And I guess just, you know, does Marshall not realize that she's constantly wearing new things? No, he's oblivious. Can you be more oblivious? You always notice. <laughs> I do know, yeah. It's hard not to notice all the stitch, stitch fix boxes that show up at our house. Although you, you cut those out, but. I haven't gotten one in a long time. I'm yes. getting one for my birthday, by the way. Okay. I like Lily's line. Well, I just wanted to let him know I'm rooting for him <laughs> about texting <laughs> him so when he's weird. on the can. <laughs> and so then Robin puts that, it all that's, together. That's something that you and I refer back to a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't do, but we refer to. No. <laughs> But Robin puts it all together that this is why Lily's kind of been pushing Marshall to go to the interview. And, and this is really well done because when they flash back to her doing nudging him towards those interviews, it's very subtle when she did it mm-hmm. so that when they flash back to it, if this is your first time seeing it, you didn't realize that that could be what she's doing. Right. It just seems like it's within her character to say, eh, your dad set this up for him. You might as well go. You might as well go get a free meal and mm-hmm. a dinner. You know, it's, it's, it's very well written, I think. We're back to the porn convention, and Ted goes up to confront uh, porn Ted Mosby. Oh, but you missed one of my favorite lines. <laughs> so, yeah, they're kind of bickering back and forth about how, you know, Robin says, like, you know, you need to tell Marshall to take it. You guys need that money to pay this down. And Lily feels awful and points out, you know, there is a sale. <laughs> <laughs> and Robin's a good friend and says they're not going shopping. We get the immediate follow-up to all this in the next episode, Dosa Tripla. Mm-hmm. And so this is a good sort of arc of a story right. between the two. As they're going to confront porn Ted Mosby, like Barney's, why do I get so nervous around celebrities? <laughs> and porn Ted Mosby, not what you would expect to see as a porn star. Yes. And so I did some digging around into porn Ted Mosby, and I already forgot his name, but I did not put it together. But did you ever see Super Troopers? Yeah. Okay. I, for some reason, you're I've seen right. this episode he is. a million times. I never put it together. Wow. That now that you say Super it, Troopers. he looks so much younger in this for some reason than he does in Super Troopers, I think. Maybe it's because he's done in a uniform. Maybe. Well, and then the other thing I noticed is like this guy's like six years older than Ted in real life, but he's supposed to be... Like five years younger than yeah, him. Yeah, five years younger. So that doesn't always, that doesn't quite work out. But yeah, he's not a traditional. Looking. Well, I guess we have, you know, our Ron Jeremy's. So maybe he's just packing. And they did seem impressed with him. Right. And when, he got, when, he, when he got nude. So the backstory is that he was getting beat up when he was in the fourth grade by some seventh graders. Ted was in the ninth grade, pulled them off of him and told them to go, you know, pick on someone their own size. And Ted asks him to stop using his name. So, well, so he he's, he's trying he, to make his way as an architect. Right. But so he says, you know, he's trying to honor Ted for this random act that he did when he was in ninth grade. <laughs> Ted rightfully points out, so you took my name and started in Welcome to the Sex Truck? Hmm. Like, <laughs> there are better options. Yeah, like 
Ted says, you know, he's trying to build a reputation for himself as an architect. <laughs> Poor Ted knows because you mean like a sex architect? Why would he mean that? <laughs> what could that possibly mean? <laughs> Barney likes it, though. Yeah, Barney. Bar- Ted Mosby, sex architect. And uh, poor and Ted Mosby says that, you know, his father had recommended just to plant a tree in Israel. I like that line. <laughs> so, but he is looking for a new project, so Ted Mosby, sex architect, might be on the list. Ted says that, you know, he, he would be honored, but it actually wasn't him. This is such a bad cover story. <laughs> To back into it. Actually, it wasn't me that helped you. It was right, like you didn't another see it kid, yourself. Lance, Lance Hardwood. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but in my industry, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty killer name. <laughs> and so you can see it now. Lance Hardwood, sex architect, starring Ted Mosby. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> Poor Ted. <laughs> We're at the, back at the restaurant with Marshall and Jeff, and they just show them drinking. They stayed out so late that Marshall crashed on Jeff's couch which caused him into doing the walk of shame the next morning. And as he's making it to the corner of Jeff Street, Jeff yells out, great time last night, I'll call you. And there's a, a fellow walk of, walk of shamer <laughs> female next to him saying, he's not going to call you. <laughs> we buried the lead. He, in his drunkenness and fun times, accepted the job. Right. At the apartment, Marshall's telling Lily that he took the job and how much money it is. And as he tells her or shows her, I can't remember how much the offer was. We get we a, never find out. She, we get a, a scene of her lying in a pile of boots and shoes <laughs> and yelling, wee, as they fall around her. That's my dream. Marshall keeps going back and forth and then it just starts screaming. Right, and so Lily was going to tell him, but he you know, jumped to his news first. This is very sitcom-y. Right. Or, or I should say television tropey that someone says, I have something to tell you. And then they hear something from the other person, then they decide not to say it, and the other person doesn't force them, you know? Right. Doesn't come back, force, you know, force them back to tell them what they were thinking. Yeah, so he's really struggling with this. You know, it's really good money, obviously, and that would be helpful as they want to start a family and establish themselves. But the whole reason he went to law school was to help the environment, and he's really, yeah, he's really struggling with this. His scream carries over to him being at McLaren's. (laughs) Ted says he has a suggestion. Marshall says, if it's to make a pros and cons list, I'll scream again. Ted's like, no, that wasn't going to be it. And then Wendy, the waitress, <laughs> shows up. Ted, here's your drinks and uh, the pen and yellow legal pad you asked for. Yellow legal mm. pad? I ordered fries. Maybe you should use that legal pad to write down our order. <laughs> Marshall or Barney are going back and forth about the pros versus the cons. <laughs> like Ted's, sounds like a pros and cons list to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Barney is straightforward, as he was you know, during the whole internship debate also yeah mm-hmm. money is good money is happiness like <laughs> go with the money robin and lily show up and she's telling robin's telling lily you have to go tell him but when it comes down to it lily just encourages him to take the job at, at nrtc well i like that she's like no i think he's fine on his own he's like laying on the table just babbling to himself mm-hmm. <laughs> marshall's gonna act on this right away he goes outside to call jeff and then jeff shows up on the street in a limo Asks him to get in. In an awesome limo. And then, before, you know, he says, before you say anything, come take a ride in this awesome limo with me. And then they're going to Tuckahoe Funland. I, that's not a real place, but I did notice when I was in 
uh, parts of Jersey, there's a lot of places that reference Tuckahoe. Oh, okay. So I guess that's sort of what the local Native American tribe was in that area at one point. Oh, okay. It's the magic factory where dreams are made. And as they're on the Ferris wheel at Tuckahoe Funland, Jeff informs him that he can make sure this place never closes down because they will be his only client. Well played, Jeff Coatsworth. (laughs) Right. And if you notice, on the Ferris wheel, Marshall's eating a corn dog. Right. The Becca McLaren's Marshall announces that he isn't going to be representing an evil company. It'll be Tuckahoe Funland. They say, but it was an evil. The least evil place in the world. But it then we see the news headlines of, you know, yeah. people dying. And Three die, E. coli outbreak, safety issue. And then we get Marshall has to run to the bathroom. And Lily texts him. <laughs> right. And that's where the corn dog comes back into play. Mm-hmm. We're at the apartment. Barney enters with uh, the new porn Ted, Ted Mosby movie. Now, is it Lance Hardwood, sex architect? No, I don't think... Or is it Ted Mosby? I think it's just Ted Mosby in this. <laughs> and also, he says, you know, he did some location scouting for the movie. He's in the credits. So, we, we get... They, they show us the movie. It's, it's, you know... They notice pretty quickly that it's their apartment. And <laughs> as they go to have sex on the couch, everyone goes, ew, and jumps off the couch. And that's it. Funny ending. I don't know why they're friends with Barney. <laughs> My big takeaway from that. Yeah, this wouldn't seem very forgivable. <laughs> I did like, yeah, Barney gives the keys back, like, oh, I should return these. <laughs> Where do you think I rank this? Hmm. 22. Ooh, wow. So close. 21. No way. Oh, my gosh, I'm getting so good at this. Mm-hmm. That's three ahead of last week's How I Met Everyone Else. And the next two, the, the next two that we're going to cover are of the same caliber. I mean, we're really in a hot streak here. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite joke? Um, dun, 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 dun. I'll start with mine. Okay. Mine is Lily's line of, I hope it's not that you just won some sort of race here. Oh, that is mine. Yay! <laughs> we're so in sync tonight. <laughs> and I think my worst is, my least favorite is Doppel, Doppelbanger. Um, I think my least favorite was Robin's Boeing. That was probably my second least favorite. I actually kind of struggled with finding a least favorite. There was not a lot bad in this episode. Next week we're covering Doisa Tripla, which is, I don't want to give any hints away. It's one that I'm very, 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 very very (laughs) fond of. Jen, why don't you, well, before you even do, let me make an impassioned request that people start leaving us more reviews or just rating us. An impassioned request. Yeah, I'd like to see. I mean, we've been at 13 ratings for like a year now. Hmm. So, you know, people were leaving us ratings quite a bit early on. And I'm not even talking about reviews at this point. Right. And actually, I'm only looking at Apple. So there, there might be something people are doing in other. Right. Yeah, I can't remember if it's Spotify has reviews or ratings too. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, so if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please throw us a rating and or review if you're so inclined. Um, Based on our statistics, though, I think only like a quarter of people listen on Apple Podcasts. So if you are one of that quarter, please. I'm thinking about starting a Facebook page for the fans. I think you said that that ends up being a dumpster fire. I have seen that go sideways in a lot of (laughs) instances. I'd love for people to be able to interact with each other. Over you know what we post and 
from our podcast conversation. So that would be, I think, I think it would be a lot of fun to get a little more interaction because folks, we're getting a few tweets here and there, but nothing mm-hmm. that's really spurring on longer conversations. I'd love to get more questions from people. I think that would be an easier way to do it. Sure. I know that my favorite podcast, they don't have Facebook pages, and whenever I'd want to go and, and mention something to them, I'd have trouble finding it on their website or you know, tweeting it to them. Sometimes it's hard for them to catch those where they don't really respond to them. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. I, I tried to do it when we first got started, but I, I had trouble setting up a second Facebook page for myself oh. on my Facebook, off of my Facebook accounts. So Interesting. we'll look at that. I think it might be worth our time. All right, but in the meantime, where can people reach us? In the interim, you can email us at runklerecaps at gmail.com, find us on Twitter at runklerecaps, and on Instagram, underscore, how I met your podcast, underscore. All right, folks. Well, thanks so much for tuning in, and we look forward to podcasting Dose of Tripla next week. Can't wait to, uh, to cover that. So take care, everyone. Bye.